Thank you for listening to this week's message from Go Church. We hope it encourages you today. For more information about Go Church, check us out online at letsgo.church. We hope you enjoy today's message. Let me ask you if you have ever felt like this. Have you ever felt like that? Just a few people maybe you've run into that, mm mm-hmm, maybe I could wear that T-shirt. Let me see a hand. Have you ever felt like that about another Christian? It's okay. It's all right. I'm thinking about getting this T-shirt. I mean, I already have the shorts, but I thought maybe the T-shirt. You like that mental image? You're welcome. Welcome to Go Church Sunday morning. I have them on underneath my pants right now. Sorry, sorry. It's over the top. I should have stopped, but I proceeded. So look, sometimes, let's just be honest, they are things that we are bothered by, about other Christians, right? Sometimes other Christians can do things that are stupid or annoying, get on our nerves, scrape on our nerves. Sometimes, I know it's hard to believe, but even ourselves, even we can occasionally do some things that get on other Christians' nerves. Now, we're bringing this series, Doubting God, to a powerful conclusion today, and it's sobering to think about this idea that so many times people don't have big problems with Jesus. They got big problems with Christians. With Jesus, they're okay. They just don't like the other Christians that they meet. It's a weird thing to think about. I want you to think about your life. Has there ever been a time where a Christian has done something that has hurt your feelings, or they said something that was hurtful, or they were just straight dishonest, or they did something that was just dumb? Sometimes other Christians are the biggest problem. So today we're going to get into this and think about it. Maybe you already know some people that we will just call hypocritical, hypocrisy. One of the things that, you know, if I'm going to wear that t-shirt, that's probably one of the things I would wear it about. Hypocrisy. Hate it. I hate it when people say one thing, but then they do another. Or they talk like a big game, and then they don't show up. They want to really give you a hard time about this, that, or the other, but then they'll do that in their own life. And if you've ever been annoyed, or if hypocrisy has ever scraped on your nerve, you have something in common with Jesus, because it also scraped on his nerve. Hypocrisy, he had no margin for it. He hated hypocrisy. He had unlimited grace for a sinner or somebody that needs the Lord, but he has zero patience for hypocrisy, man. Hated it. Maybe you know somebody like this now. Maybe it's a parent. Maybe a parent that's like, in public, everything's good. In public, all smiles. In public, all happy. In public, everything's together. But at home, that same parent is like very rough, very loud, no patience. And to the kid or to the young adult or student, it's like, why are you this way in front of people, but a different way at home? Or maybe you see that in a spouse. It's like, why are you nicest to everybody else than you are to me? That feels hypocritical and very weird. It can be confusing to unbelievers to see Christians, you know, say a game, talk a game, try to elevate, oh, I believe this, I'm going to post this, I'm going to be this kind of person. But then in the home, it's different. 
In real life, it's different. They say one thing, they do another. So I want you to write this down. It's our one big thing. We're going to get into this today. So take your communication card, flip it right onto the back, write this right on the top. God will lift you up when Christians let you down. And every once in a while, we will. Every once in a while, I will let you down. We're not perfect all the time. We're going to get into this and finish this series, Doubting God, kind of considering this problem of hypocrisy. Now, some people say the church is just full of hypocrites. Hey, listen, to that I say we always have room for one more. We do. We've got room. We've got a few openings, okay? Okay, we're not perfect. Let's get into this. So Jesus, he was totally annoyed by hypocrisy. This is a great quote by an author, Brendan Manning. The single greatest cause of atheism in the world today is Christians who acknowledge Jesus with their lips, then walk out the door and deny him by their lifestyle. That is what an unbelieving world simply finds unbelievable. Jesus rebuked the professional religious crowd. People known by labels of like Pharisees, Sadducees, religious teachers. He rebuked them. I mean straight to their face. There were times where because of their hypocrisy, Jesus said, you are acting like a bunch of snakes. And let me tell you, snakes are not good. How many of you like, you like snakes? Raise your hand if you like snakes. Anybody here like snakes? Okay, you too, you're going to have to get out. Leave right now. I'm sorry. You got to hit the door. <laughs> He's like snakes, brood of vipers is what he calls people who are acting hypocritical. It's like, geez, Jesus, why don't you tell us how you really feel about this? No patience for this. So Jesus uses this word, hypocrite. We're going to see it in the scripture. This is, to my knowledge, the first time that this idea was used in this context. So the Bible, written in Hebrew Greek, back in the day, hypocrites, Greek word for hypocrite, that would be used in the context of Greek theater, normally associated with costumes, normally associated with masks, because that's how Greek actors would roll. And they would have different masks for different characters. So they would put on a mask, and then they would play their part, and then they would take off the mask. You thought I looked scary before. And then they would put on another mask. It's the same person underneath, but they're portraying something different. Students in the house, they're pretending to be somebody else, but on the inside, they're the same person. Jesus is using this term that's normally reserved for the theater, and he's bringing it into real life. He's like, religious teachers, you're acting like actors. You're pretending. You're acting to be seen one way on the outside, but on the inside, you're like this. Matthew chapter 23. What sorrow awaits you teachers of religious law and you Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like whitewashed tombs, beautiful on the outside, but filled on the inside with dead people's bones. All sorts of impurity. Outwardly, you look like righteous people, but inwardly, your hearts are filled with hypocrisy and lawlessness. Jesus 
was not so much mad at their sin as he was their show. This willingness to pretend, this willingness to talk a game. He's like, you're a hypocrite. If you're fasting to be seen by other people, oh, look, that person's fasting. They must be super spiritual, super godly. But on the inside, it's no good. Hypocrite. If you're praying to be recognized, like, oh, man, look at their vocabulary. When he prays, it's all like in King James. The thou's and the these and the thou arts. I beseech you, O heavenly Father. He used to be so smart. But on the inside, it's no good. Hypocrite. Using power or wealth to lord it over people who are helpless and powerless. Hypocrite. Hypocrite, hypocrite, hypocrite is what Jesus is yelling out at these people. Jesus had infinite grace, infinite patience for a sinner like you and me, but man, hypocrisy, he did not play any games. He would go toe-to-toe on that. So I want you to begin to ease yourself into this zone of self-reflection. So at the same time, I want you to think back about your life. Have there been times when you've been hurt by a hypocrite? Has there been a time in church where a church leader or a church person has done something stupid, missed the mark, said something that stung you, did something sinful, did something that hurt the heart of God, and it stunted you? It was like, oh, I don't, if this is how church is, I don't know if, if I got any room for that. It's easy to feel like that. I have felt that way at times growing up. In church, there's been a few things that have happened that I'm like, oh, man, this is dumb. This is frustrating. This is weird. I don't get it. It makes you think about dropping out. Let me ask you this. How many of you have ever gone to a restaurant and the food was bad? Can I see a hand? Food was bad. Okay, let me ask you this. Ever gone to a restaurant and the service was bad? Can I see a hand? You're quicker on that one. What about service and food bad same time? Hopefully not this week. When that happens to us, we don't go in, sit there, the hamburger's cold or the fries are old, and it's like, that's it. I am never going to another restaurant again in my life. This is just totally dumb. I can't believe this happened. We don't write off the entire industry. We're like, you know what? This burger was bad. Or that server was not having a great day. We don't give up on the whole thing. But we're tempted to do things like that, sometimes in relationships, ghost somebody. Oh, you said something I don't agree with? We can't be friends anymore. You're canceled. You're done. Church, eh. Pastor Nick said that one thing. He pulled his sleeves up one Sunday. He talked about wearing shorty shorts. I'm out. Church is horrible. I can help you find another church that doesn't talk about short jean shorts. I can do that. Daisy Duke pastors. So I want you to think about that, but then I also want you to introduce into your own heart the idea of, are there areas of your own life that even today you might be wearing a little bit of this? Maybe your spouse doesn't know, but you know. Maybe your friends haven't really picked it up, but you know. Maybe the co-workers you have or the employees you have or the team that you're responsible to they haven't picked it up yet but you know and it's not just you that knows the lord knows because he doesn't look on the outside he looks in here so i want you to think about both today so why 
you know, why does this happen? Why do we get hurt in church? Why do Christians let us down? I want to give you a few reasons to think about, a few things to consider today. Write this down. Three reasons why so-called Christians let us down. Number one, some people who claim to follow Jesus, they just don't. They just don't. They talk a game. They talk about following Jesus. They talk about church stuff. They might know some of the right terms, and they might know a lot of stuff about the Bible. Let me tell you this. Just because you know things about the Bible, it doesn't make you a Christian. You can have the whole thing memorized. It doesn't make you a Christian. Following Jesus does. I'm glad you're here today. If you are streaming, you're watching, you're a part of our Go Church family, I'm glad you're watching today. But let me tell you this. Streaming Go Church doesn't make you a Christian. Following Jesus does. You showing up at 1030 on a Sunday, it doesn't make you a Christian. I love seeing your face. You're welcome here wherever you're at, but it doesn't make you a Christian. Spending time in the seat doesn't make you a Christian any more than going and sitting in the garage makes you a car. Giving doesn't make you a Christian. Going through rituals, traditions doesn't make you a Christian. Following Jesus makes you a Christian. It's not about what you say. It's about what you do. If your beliefs are not backed up by your behavior, you don't believe. Faith without action is dead. And to ignore it is to live a life being deceived, living a life without purpose, living a life that maybe you have let a past hurt stick with you long enough where it is jeopardizing not just your present, but also your future. All the same time, thinking back and back and back about what that dumb person did that one dumb time, and because of that, I've given up on this, or I'm never going back. I'm not going to trust people. I'm not going to have a relationship. I can't communicate. I've cut all that stuff out of my life because of what happened way back then with that person. Maybe you've held unforgiveness. Maybe you've held bitterness in your heart just because it's natural and it's normal. Let me tell you this. Unforgiveness and bitterness is like drinking poison and hoping the other person dies. The only person you're hurting is you. You think that person's sitting around worried about you, thinking about you? You're sitting around hoping that something happens to them or they need to get their stuff together? Man, don't let them infect you. Three reasons why. The first one, some people who claim to follow Jesus just don't. Look at Titus. They claim to know God, but by their actions, they deny him. Belief without behavior is no belief at all. Second thing, write this down. Challenging. This one's true. It's challenging. Some are Christians, but they're not mature. They're like little baby Christians. Let me ask you a question. How many of you started off as a baby? We don't have any cyborgs here. Think back to baby days. Some are Christians but not mature. Hebrews chapter 5 says this, For someone who lives on milk is still an infant and doesn't know how to do what is right. Solid food is for those who are mature, for those training, for those, let me try again because we all make mistakes, who through training have the skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong. Some are Christians, 
but they're not mature. Some are Christians. Maybe you've been hurt by some of these people. They're Christians, but they're really young in their faith. They're not mature yet. They're baby Christians. Now, we've all probably come to faith in different points in our life. Maybe you were a kid. Maybe you were a child. Maybe you are an adult. So we have different years and different levels of experience. But in faith, we all kind of start off ground zero as babies, right? And look, here at Go Church, we love babies. I love babies. I love the onesies. I love holding them. I love seeing them. They're so cute. Love babies. But you don't want to stay a baby, right? That would be weird. Like a Benjamin Button thing happening like in reverse or something. Like stable baby, we don't want that. It's weird. So imagine baby grows, grows, grows normal. That's okay, but if you're talking about like a 30-year-old man drinking from the bottle and wearing diapers, that is gross and weird. But that happens sometimes spiritually. When somebody will pray, give their life to Christ, have a moment, true conversion, true faith, it happens. They're Christians, but they don't grow. They say, you know what, I'm just going to keep hitting this formula. Just give me that bottle. Just give me this formula. They get offended easy. It's hard for them to get through. Difficult moments early on in faith. Something bad happens. It's easy for them to get hurt. It's hard sometimes for older Christians to have patience for the baby Christian. But let me tell you, we need to go back and we need to all remember there was a point in our life when we didn't have it all together. There's a point in our life when we were learning some of the things we know now for the first time. Not for the 20th time, not 20, 30 years later, for the first time. So here's what I want us to think about. If you've had in your life a Christian who's not very mature hurt you, baby Christian, here's what we're going to do. We're going to love the baby, man. We're going to love the baby. We're going to hold the baby. We're going to burp the baby. We're going to feed the baby. We're going to encourage and challenge folks to keep growing in their faith. All of us should have this mentality that I'm going to grow and be stronger, be more mature every year, every year, every year, every year. If you're still living in the same zone you were when you first gave your life to Christ, that's on you. That's not God's fault. We've got to be responsible for the opportunity we have, the time we have, the gifts we have, the strengths we have, the mind we have. And it's up to us to decide to grow. It's up to us to get a fork and a spoon and start transitioning from milk into some solid food. So maybe you have been hurt. Maybe it has been by somebody who's a little immature. We need to have grace, have some patience for that. We're going to love them. We're going to love them all the way into the kingdom. Third reason is this. Write this down. Some are Christians. They are growing but they still mess up. Some are Christians, are growing, but still mess up. Now, to everyone here that's been following Jesus, I don't know, maybe more than a year or so, how many of you have ever made a mistake? Any hands? Yes. Yes. I declare you all not liars. Very good. Look, we make mistakes. We do. We all make mistakes. And probably the only person that is not surprised by this is the Lord. For some reason, I don't know if it's our human nature or what, but we always want to point out everybody else's mistakes. But we want to give ourselves a pass. It's like, oh, you know my heart. Oh, you know what I meant. You're overreacting. You know what I mean. Come on, baby. You know what I mean. It just didn't come out right. 
Like we want to accuse, accuse, accuse everybody else. You did this. I can't believe you said that. Why would you ever? I can't believe on and on and on. You would just never do that. If you really love me on and on and on. We want to accuse them, but then we'll excuse ourselves because, oh, you know my heart. We're, you know, I'm good, right? You know me. You know me, babe. It's ironic. We do this all the time. The only person not surprised by this is the Lord. And this is a tough verse. It kind of takes us to a reality check. Here it is, Psalm 103. This is God about us. For he knows how weak we are. In our culture, we don't value weakness. He knows how weak we are. He remembers we are only dust. Dust. I brought something from home. How many of you got ambitious early spring? Like, I'm going to plant stuff. I'm going to plant stuff, and that one, it's like no more freezing. It won't happen. It's been so hot, and then it happens, and you're like, oh, my gosh. Never before Mother's Day ever again. Soil. Bible saying, remember, from dust you came, and dust you will return at some point in this existence. Like, we are just just a little dirt, just a little dust. If you read this scripture in a different translation, if you read that scripture in the New American Standard version, it says, we are but dust. If you read it quick, it's, you're but dust. It's in the Bible. <laughs> just turn to somebody and say, I'm sorry, you're just butt dust. Just do it. Go ahead. Try it. I dare you. Some of you are like looking down like I didn't hear him. No, 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 Take me to a happy place. Look, we're going to make mistakes. You can love Jesus and make a mistake. I think sometimes we put the spiritual leaders and heroes and mentors in our life on some like untouchable shelf. Like, oh man, I've done this in my life. Like I put them on such a high shelf that I forget they're human sometimes. And when they mess up or they make a mistake or they do something stupid or say something short, you're like, oh my gosh, I've, is my whole world wrecked? Like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that could happen to them. It could be a small thing or a big thing. I think as followers of Jesus, being in this zone ourselves, we should always be working on developing a soft heart, but also a thick skin where it is just harder and harder and harder to offend us. I mean, try as you might, it's going to take you talking about my mama, my kids, my wife, going on and on and on before I'm about to get offended. I got a tender heart and I got a thick skin. You got to remember that we occasionally mess up. Look, if you hang around long enough, you volunteer enough, you serve on a team, you're behind the scenes enough, I promise I will say something at some point and you'll be like, that was sarcastic. Yeah, I'm sarcastic. That was a little sardonic. Yeah, sorry. Or you sound like you may have just lost your patience a little bit. Yeah, maybe I did. I'm not perfect. I'll apologize. I'll mean it. I will try to do better. Can we be strong enough to extend grace to each other? The same grace that God extends to us Will we be people of faith that says, you know what, fellow, I mean, if you're just going to get literal with it, 
fellow dirtbag? Yeah, you've messed up, I've messed up. Let's just remember and keep this in perspective. There is only one perfect one in the Bible, and you ain't it. Could it be that maybe we have been putting our faith too much in personalities, in spiritual leaders, who's an influencer online, whose stuff and messages have been seen over two billion times? Oh, they must be super godly. All oh, this worship band, oh my gosh, they saw so many things. We put them up on the shelf, up on the shelf, up on the shelf. Maybe we put too much faith in people when we should be putting it in Jesus. We can't put our faith in soil, we put our faith in our Savior. That's what we should do. It helps us stay grounded. What should we do about this? This is always kind of the hard part of the message for me. Sometimes I'd rather just like pontificate and talk about some theology and just be like, all right, we're good. See you next week. So what are we going to actually do about this? Here's something to consider. Write this down. One big action. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to place our faith in Jesus, not in soil. We're going to place our faith in Jesus and be faithful to each other. Put our faith in Jesus, not soil, and be faithful to each other. Faithful to do this. Let's look at this scripture together. This is out of Corinthians. This is a classic scripture that you would read at a wedding. They want you to read this, and there are other scriptures they don't want you to read, but they want this one. This is a good one. <laughs> it's about love, relationships. Now, Paul is writing to people in church. I don't know if you know this, but today you are people in church. Okay, you're here. It's actually happening. Love is patient. Love is kind and is not jealous. Love does not brag and is not arrogant, does not act unbecomingly, it does not seek its own, is not provoked, does not take into account a wrong suffered. That is hard to do in a long-term marriage. Have you ever been in a fight with somebody and all of a sudden out of nowhere they break out? Like, do you remember four years ago when we were in the kitchen and you said that I act just like my mom? There's a record being kept somewhere. It does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices with the truth. Bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. This is how we are going to be. We're going to put our faith in Jesus, not in people. Do not put your faith in me. Do not put your faith in Go Church. Don't put your faith in each other. Put your faith in Jesus Christ and in him alone. And if you ever end up, maybe you're visiting, maybe you move, you ever go to a church and there's a rock and roll personality, if you ever get the feeling that it's like about me, about the show, about the thing, about our system, would you just remind yourself, you know what, I don't put my faith in soil. I put my faith in my Savior. Find a place, get planted, but don't put your faith in people. We're just dirtbags. Put your faith in Him. The one that, for whatever reason, decided to love said dirtbags, which is an amazing part of the gospel. Now, look, if I'm going to be honest with you, I always try to keep it real. I have not always had great experiences in church, 
How many of you have ever had your feelings hurt in church? Can I see a hand? Okay. How many of you in church have ever heard people go on and on and on, and they made it all about money or is goofy about money? Can I see a little money hand? It was goofy about money. Yep. I've had some great pastors. I have. And I've had some that looks great on the outside, but turns out they were not great on the inside. One, when I was growing up, I remember a very charismatic, good-looking guy, great speaker, great preacher, but he was doing bad, weird stuff with money. Taking money, misallocating money, not telling the truth about some things, not good. Had a youth pastor that was a good preacher, good speaker, years later convicted of having sex with minors. He's in jail in Texas right now. I have had people lie. I've seen people steal. I've seen people sleep with other people that are not their people. <laughs> I've had good friends who are married sleep with another person on church staff. Worship leader sleeping another person. Pastor's daughter. All, I mean, you've got your own stories. Here's the deal. The church is made up by a bunch of people in need of Jesus. And if we ever put them on some similar plane as our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we are going down a road that you're going to be delusioned, disappointed, discouraged, and then wonder why am I in this at all? None of it ever works. Your faith is in the wrong place. I was leading ministry, Becky and I were, at the University of Oklahoma. And it was our first year there. And there was a student who was there before us, he was president of the student organization that we were directing, Christian organization. A lot of students involved. And love this guy. I'd known him for a while, but never been his pastor. I'd known his family, but never been his pastor. So we moved there. I'm his pastor, and he is an influential student, leading Bible studies, good friends with all of our other Bible study leaders, good guy. I felt in my heart I just felt the Holy Spirit every once in a while, you know, the Holy Spirit would just speak to you as a leader, as a Christian. And I felt like the Holy Spirit just kind of checked my heart and was like, something's not right. Something's not right with him. Ask him how he's doing. So I asked him. We started meeting together, like every week, every two weeks. We talk about God, life. I'd ask him accountability questions. How are you doing? How can I serve you? How can I help you? How's your thought life? You know, what are you reading? He'd have all the right answers because he grew up in a Christian home, grew up in church. Dad was a pastor. Now he knew what to say. Time goes by, time goes by. And I just keep getting the sense that something's not right in the ministry. Something's not right in his life. Something is not at peace. It is confrontation time. Ask him. All right, it's on. So he comes into my office. I sit him down. Now in love, in all respect, I got nothing but love and compassion for him, but I looked him in the eyes and I'm like, something's going on in your life and you're not being honest about it. And now is the time that you need to come clean. God is calling you out. I don't know exactly what it is, but God does. What is it? It's time for you to get free of this thing. And so he kind of takes a deep breath and he's like, <sighs> kind of like somebody, you know, he just got caught doing something. <sighs> Fine. It was like this weird blending of like, he's annoyed that he got caught, 
but still at the same time, there's hope that because he got caught, there's maybe some life and some good things on the other side of this. It's a weird smash up of all these things. And so he just starts kind of confessing all this stuff. He's like, yeah, you know, I've been spreading a bunch of rumors about you and Becky. been sleeping around. He just lists these names. You know, I've been party, crazy lifestyle. And he's been influencing a lot of these other leaders, student leaders, doing Bible studies, doing stuff in our ministry this first year there. Come to find out the thing was just infested with sin and dishonesty. You know, the students were doing stuff that were breaking the heart of God. So my heart was breaking for them. And that hurt. Man, that hurts. Like on a lot of different levels. Not just like as a leader hurts, but just Man, I want him to know the Lord. I want him to know freedom. I don't want to see him bound by this. Years go by, years go by. He kind of fades in the ministry. Ministry starts to grow. God does a thing, and he kind of fades off. Years later, probably six years later, I get a phone call, and it's him. And he's like, Pastor Nick, do you have a second? I'm like, yes. He's like, I've got to confess something. I'm like, (laughs) to be honest, I'm like, yeah, it's about time. In my head, I'm like, mm-hmm, been a lot of years coming, buddy. I'm like, okay. He's like, I just want you to know that I know that I blew it. I just, I was a punk kid. I was trying to get stuff figured out. I was just in a stream of like making dumb, bad decisions, ungodly decisions, spread horrible rumors, gossip, you know, all, the, all these things. I'm just sorry. I just look back and I'm just sorry for that. And my heart, you know, like felt convicted again. I was like, oh, man. You know, I apologize. Maybe I was too hard or, I don't know, too firm or didn't see it early enough. You know, we're just mutually apologizing. God's starting to move and come to find out he really gotten serious about the Lord. He had transitioned away from doing energy work, oil and natural gas stuff, successful. God called him into ministry. He's a youth pastor. He's got three kids, you know, beautiful wife, family. God did a thing. God brought healing. God brought restoration. But man, I'm telling you, I could have held on to that thing for a long time. Like, man, it's so hard to trust people. I just, I just don't do that. I just stay surface. But that's not the kind of relationships that God calls us to. God calls us into the beauty of the mess. And if you will say, God, help me love somebody the way that you have loved me, this world will change. If you will say to yourself, I'm not going to put my faith in soil, I'm going to keep my faith in the Savior. I'm going to love other people because God has loved me. I'm going to forgive other people because God has forgiven me. I'm not going to let another human talk me out of following the Lord and doing what he's called me to do in his body, in his church, which is imperfect, but serving the perfect one. So if you will put up with my mistakes, I promise you I will put up with yours and we'll grow together. For those of you that have been hurt by church, by a pastor, by a leader, they made it about weird stuff or bad things on behalf of church, I want to say I'm sorry for that. Open up your heart to God. Open up your heart to the relationships that God wants you to have in your life. And don't poison yourself. Let's pray. God, we come to you today in need of healing We come to you today, God, just knowing and remembering we're nothing but dust. This life is so short compared to eternity. It's a vapor and it's gone. It's a mist in the morning, burns off in two seconds. It is a moment in time. 
God, help us in this time to trust you, to forgive our sins, and in that, be willing to forgive others. God, to never put our faith in soil, but to put it in you, our Savior. God, today, we just, we free ourselves of any unforgiveness or bitterness towards other people that may be stunting our growth. And it's time, God, to start ingesting some meat and vegetables, to grow beyond milk, get into some vegetables, the word, the meat, to forgive, to move forward, to trust that you can do what we can't do on our own. I want those of you that there is some of that past stuff in your life, there is some of that past hurt in your life, here's what I want you to do. With everybody just head bowed, eyes closed, I want you to just take your fists. I want you to take your hands, make fists, and I want you to squeeze them just as tight as you can. Just to you make the veins in your forearms just pop out and your hands feel like they just want to cramp. Just as hard as you can. And I want you to think about that symbolizing every past hurt, every past dumb thing a Christian has done, every offense, stuff they've done to you that is wrong. It's not letting them off the hook. Stuff they've done to you that is sinful. We're not letting them off the hook, but we're deciding today to treat them like God has treated us. Not because they deserve forgiveness, but because God in his infinite love has forgiven us and because of that, we can forgive others. And now I want you as a symbol of that to just open up your hands slowly and just let this be a physical connection to an inward move of saying I'm releasing. I'm releasing bitterness. I'm releasing unforgiveness. I am releasing any area of hypocrisy in my own heart and life. I'm going to be real. I'm free to be me. I don't have to pretend. I don't have to wear a veneer. I don't have to wear spiritual makeup. I'm going to be me and God's still going to love me. I'm going to be me and my family's still going to love me. God, I pray freedom in this house. I pray healing in this house. I've got to give you an opportunity. Maybe you came into this place just the first time you've been in church. Maybe you're watching for the very first time. Hear me, friend. Jesus loves you enough that he proved it. He proved it by giving his life. We're dirt, but we are ascribed much value. Jesus came and he lived his perfect life for our imperfect, dirty lives. He laid down his perfect, spotless life in exchange for our messed up life. It's called the gospel. And he paid the bill for our sin on the cross. And they peeled his dead body off and they put him into a tomb under Roman guard. One day, two days, but on the third day, on that third day, everything changed. And God resurrected Jesus Christ. He's alive. And he has a plan for your life. And it's for you to be free and to be clean and to be forgiven and to be known. And I want to give you an opportunity to make Jesus Christ the Lord and the leader of your life today. If you're ready to do that, pray this prayer with me right now. Say, Jesus, thank you for speaking to my heart. I ask that you would forgive me of every sin. I'm making you the Lord and the leader of my life. And I'm going to live for you the rest of my days. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening to this week's message. To stay in the know with Go Church, be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at letsgo.church. You can also download our app from the App Store by searching Go Church. 
Have a great week and God bless.